Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. ¿Qué pasa, campeones? And welcome to the Churros y Tácticas podcast. It is the 15th of December. It is a Thursday. We are here. I'm not entirely sure if this is for Patreons, Keon, to be really honest or not. For free. It's for free, baby. It's free because we got so much to cover. We got Messi in the World Cup final. We have Qatar Saint-Germain happy that they're one and two. Their go-to punch, the left-right punch are in the final. It's Mbappé. It's the big showdown between Messi and Mbappé. It is uh, the big showdown between the Barca legend that is Leo Messi. A lot of Barca fans will be sitting on the fence for this one, whether they're supporting Jules Koundé and Ousmane Dembélé and France, of course, to pick up their back back-to-back World Cup title, three in total. Kian, it hasn't been done since, I think it was 1958 and 1962 when Brazil last did it. The first time it was Italy in 1934 and 1938. So we'll see if France will do it. We'll see if Messi can do it. I'm curious to know your pick in the World Cup. It is set up to be a grand finale. It's the grand final. Uh, there was the little underdog inside of me that was rooting for Morocco as well. It would have been lovely to see the North African side make it into the final if it wasn't already a historic uh, tournament for them of course but uh, it's the big showdown and say Qatar and Germain will be happy after having bought the World Cup and now buying this final as well it's conspiracy theories going all around baby it's my favorite topics so let's get into it Kian I'm curious to know how you've been as well uh good to talk to you again my friend I've taken chronological mental notes throughout this entire thing because you <laughs> and I haven't spoken in ages and there are so many things and I I just want to let it be known that in my mind, we have not been too far removed from any talking point yet. I know it seems like, for example, Spain-Morocco was 800 years ago, and we yeah. did a podcast about that. But in my mind, in the Churros universe, it, it, there's, it's all kind of fresh because I wanted to speak speak to you about so many things. It's interesting that you you think there might be a dilemma for Barca fans, whether they want to support Koundé and Dembélé versus Messi. Seems like a no-brainer to me. What? Why? I mean, Koundé's been there for like a couple months, and surely Dembélé is not loved that much to be supported over Messi's legacy. Yeah, I, I have got to, uh, you're right to bring that up. I've got to take off my Barca TV Plus hat, uh, because mm-hmm. that's sort of how we pitch it, of course, Fair. on, uh, on our streaming service. But, uh, yeah, I would say with great certainty that the vast majority of Kules will be hoping, of course, that Messi wins this one. And, uh, I, for one, am, am, am one of those as well. I figured. Um, I got to also ask you, what was it like facing Messi? As a Dutch fan, was that the first time you've ever had to have your team play him? No, no. Uh, 2014, they knocked us out of the World Cup also in penalties. Oh, true, true. That was a, a, a nil-nil that went into extra time and then penalties. And we eventually lost uh, by four to two in the penalty shootout. And uh, yeah, that was a painful one. Messi was playing as well that evening. Um wasn't of course the same Messi that we're seeing in this World Cup. It's it's a different version. It's a Maradona esque 
Messi that we're seeing this time around. And um, yeah, of course, I wanted Holland to win, man. I, I was rooting for my boys. I was rooting for the boys in orange uh, with the permission of uh, Messi knocking Messi out in his final attempt of uh, winning a World Cup. I wanted us to win it by any means. And um, when I say by any means, I even mean in the dirty fashion, perhaps. Or I, well, no, there's two sides to this uh, story. There's the side of this anti-football total that we have seen from uh, Van Gaal's side so far in this tournament. Very uh pragmatic not spectacular speculative football uh giving up the ball and happy to sort of sit back and try to play counterattacking just you know straight up counterattacking football um with perhaps little mm, uh insertions of 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 uh, moments of brilliance or or moments of good football uh when the three up top you know, did manage to to have the ball. In particular, of course, I'm referring to the game against uh, the United States. I think that you know, with a shadow of a doubt, was 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 our best game. But that's not to say that that was a game that either uh, that also sort of pleased my my football senses, right? Um, it was still the U.S. dominating, at least dominating the ball, and 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 us playing a very um, again a reactive style of football that is just odd to see from from a side like Holland. Uh, having said that, the and I I want to get to this dirty side uh, as well, and, and and I spoke about it. I was uh, I was happy to be invited back on by uh, our colleagues over at Gold TV to talk about uh, the post match and then the ramifications as well that uh, of course took place in the post match between uh, the Argentinian players, between Messi and and Vechorst in particular, uh, between Messi and Van Gaal. Um, I don't know if you know the backstory to this. Uh, I'm happy to to break it down for you and, Go and for to, to put into context. Okay, so you obviously saw, you sensed the tension, did, or I mean, did you watch the game? And yeah, 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 you, yeah. Yeah. So the um, interesting um, points to take away from this is that that there was such a first of all the attitude of the Dutch players were. They come from a school from a person called Peter Murphy, okay? Peter Murphy, I doubt that the vast majority of, of our listeners will know who that is. I did not know who this person was. I had to do research myself to find out that he was a volleyball player and volleyball coach. He became coach of the year in the late 70s, 79, and and early 80s, I think it was 79 and 85. Uh, needless to say, he became the technical director of the Dutch Volleyball Association, as well as starting to take a serious interest and uh, starting to study the psychology behind taking penalties. Now, the first question will be, why would somebody with a volleyball background all of a sudden takes such a um, interest into the psychology of, of shooting penalties. That's a question I haven't managed to answer yet. What is noteworthy and what is important to this story here is that in November, uh, or excuse me, in, in, in um, uh, September it was, leading up to this tournament, Van Gaal hired this Peter Murphy, uh, somebody from South Holland, and basically hired his services to teach the Dutch players, you know, everything that he had found, uh, found out from the time that he started to study this, this psychological aspect of, of uh, shooting penalties, which he started in the nineties. Right. Um, one of the things that he started to really kind of instill within the Dutch squad was to intimidate and even embarrass the opposing team um, when it came to taking penalties. So, you know, we all saw the pictures of the, you know, uh, the, the, the Argentinian players mocking and, and, and in a very classless and tasteless way, sort of, you know, mock Holland, the Dutch players for having failed in the penalty shootout and them advancing to the next round. For me, 
you know, initially, obviously, I, I was, you know me, right, Kian? I'm, I'm, I'm passionate, therefore, I'm emotional, uh, as we've, we've often seen on this podcast when it comes to teams that I hold dear to my heart. Only in that sense, it's no different. So initially, I left with a very bad taste. Also, when seeing Messi talk uh, to Vechhorst in, in a very condescending way, until I found out the backstory to this of Peter Murphy, where they, he had instructed and taught uh, the Dutch players to be overly aggressive to try to intimidate and 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 as um the mm. the Dutch newspaper outlet put it even embarrass try to embarrass the rival opponents in this case Argentina um that for me was you know a, a, a practice that um i guess it, you know had it would it had it worked out we would have hailed Van Gaal again, probably as, you know, a, a tactical genius, or in this case, you know, winning the mind battle, uh, you know, the, the yeah, the, the mind battle between uh, Argentina and, and the Dutch squad. However, because it didn't work out, and also because of the memory that still lingers in my uh, in my mind from the 2010 final between Holland and Spain, where also in that final we saw a Dutch side that was very aggressive. We all probably remember Nigel Nigel de Jong's you know karate kick into Xavi Alonso's chest. Uh, these are kind of attitudes and and, and characteristics or, or attributes that I would prefer you know us to stray away from and not have to fall back to in order to advance to uh, the big objective of course which is for Holland finally to win a world cup after three finals two semi-finals you know it's it's we're all all the, the 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 dutch audience we're all desperate for Holland to win a world cup and kind of you know cement our place amongst the the elite although you know you could argue whether we do or we don't uh, given given the style of football that we introduced however you know, I would love it to be done in the right way. And, and we can have a long argument to talk about, you know, what is the right way, etc. Uh, but the fact that this game will be remembered as also a game that has picked up a record amount of yellow cards, 19, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was a game. And, and mind you, <laughs> this is another a side note, a record that Holland already had the honor of holding if if uh, you might remember 2006 um the it, it, something that was deemed or called the battle of nuremberg uh kian in 2006 in the round of 16s between holland and portugal um you know cristiano uh, was in the mix of it anyway yeah the record then was set i believe at at uh 17 uh yellow cards now it's 19 again uh this this honor uh, falling to to holland so it's it, for me it's it's sad to see that we're getting that we're seeing uh, holland really kind of stray away from this uh beautiful football this football total that uh initially were were we were characterized um you know as of and 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 and, and the style of play right now um i don't want to bang on too long because we have a lot to to uh discuss and, and little time if you add to that, you know, th th these ingredients, if you add to that the ingredients as well of Van Gaal's history with Argentines, we saw Messi do the famous Riquelme Topo Gijo after he scored um, uh, the penalty that was aimed at Louis Van Gaal and that was aimed at him being very dismissive. Mind you, this is when Riquelme, Riquelme came, when Van Gaal was, was put in as coach, the big star signing, when Van Gaal told Riquelme, you weren't a signing of mine, you're a political signing. If you want to play for me, you're going to have to listen to me, abide by my rules, and you will play in the position that I tell you to play. Uh, eventually, of course, that only lasted for a season because then Riquelme went to, went to Villarreal. Uh, the relationship between was very sour, was very bad. That was Messi's way of kind of avenging or getting revenge you know, for the treatment that Van Gaal had towards Riquelme. Then you add to this beautiful cocktail that we're making. Also, of course, the very clumsy statements from Louis Van Gaal when he was asked about this Argentina team, talking about a team that plays with 10 players because Messi doesn't really show up for most of the game. Uh, he's not a player that, uh, as a number nine, he would like to use in a system um, because, again, 
Uh, you know, he wants somebody that sacrifices for the team, et cetera, et cetera. So there were a lot of clumsy statements also put out there by Louis van Gaal, inadvertently or not, you know, um, you don't want to feed the beast with, with more fuel, uh, in, in, and Messi in a kind of Michael Jordan way, if you will, that kind of sort of reminded me of the last dance document, uh, docuseries that we saw where, you know, he would, take motivation out of anything. And in particular, of course, statements made uh, by the rival coach that would just add to his fire and his his will to win. And in this case, in this last dance that is the World Cup in Qatar for Messi, that, that of course, was the exact same thing. So um, it had all the ingredients for Messi to be ultra-inspired and for the Argentines to walk away with the win. Uh, I have nothing to say about that. Uh, they fully deserved it. They deserved it. You know, up until the 83rd minute when Vechorst, who just, you know, was subbed on, of course, scored the 2-1. And then eventually, in in a very brilliant way, uh, we managed to get the equalizer in the 2-0, which was fantastic. You know, it was it was emotional. It was great. But even in extra time, you know, it was Argentina that took the lead. It was Argentina that created the chances. So I have no beef uh, with Argentina going through, nor do I have beef with the players for mocking the Dutch squad after winning in the penalties. For me, it was completely justified given the instructions of, you know, people like Peter Murphy and, and, and yeah, the, the, the whole everything basically leading up to this game. Trash talk works until you come up against the wrong opponent. I can trash talk my son when I play him in soccer. If you put me on a on a World Cup pitch, I'm not saying a word. Uh, and it, this is interesting because, and that's why Michael Jordan can trash talk because no one can have the upper hand over him. Some of the players who who are notorious trash talkers, like Gary Payton, uh, although Gary Payton, I think pr- did as respectable job as you can on Michael Jordan defensively, but so yeah. many other people are like just, just can't hold the candle. You can't trash talk. This penalty shooter actually reminded me of. Uh, the Copa America, I think, semifinal penalty. Sh- I, I don't know if it was semifinals or another round penalty shootout against Colombia, where that was a, a game where Yerim, Yerimina included. Uh, right. They were yes. Trash talking Argentina yeah. like crazy. And we can talk about there's the messy factor, but Emiliano Martinez, the goalkeeper, I mm. just remember thrived when they were talking shit to him. And he mm. went to like just super, superstar level. And the same thing happened in this penalty shootout, and he's and then he's fired up. I just feel like you know you can't piss off the wrong people, obviously, uh, and it'll be to your detriment. I yeah. first of all, without even knowing that backstory of Peter Murphy, that all news to me. A quick Google search while you were talking shows that he was Canadian, so he missed the memo. All that, right, that Canadians don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, but. Uh, even that, that's knowing- true. Actually, he was born in Canada. You're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, he moved to Holland um, quite soon. But yes, yes, you're right. He was born in Canada. Nice. Even without knowing any of that backstory, there were a few people who jumped on social media immediately with that picture saying this is classless and then comparing it to Modric consoling Brazil, for example. Yeah. And I kind of, I did, I stayed away from it. I didn't jump on it because I kind of like, man, this is just trash talk. This is nature mm. of the beast. And also, mm. we can't ignore the fact that the Dutch team was just losing their shit all game and trash talking. One thing that I was kind of surprised in the whole chaos of it all was I can't remember which Argentina player kicked the ball full force at the bench. Yeah, yeah. Me, Paredes, like, Paredes. Paredes. I saw that. I was like, that's got to be red. That's yeah. crazy. If that connects with anybody's head or a coach or whatever, a player. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah. Just, that was a crazy gesture to me um, that yeah. went unpunished. But... And, and, and the messy handball that, that Mateo yeah. Laos didn't even give a yellow for it. That was crazy. Uh, he was See, like, he just swatted it like he was LeBron James. I mean, I had forgotten all this. And this is like, cause I remember that day before the game, I sent you a message sending my regrets. I can't record. Uh, cause it was a rare night off with my kids. I was like, let's just bring it forward. It's not Spain or anything. And after watching the game, I was like, really. That was a game we should have talked about while the iron was hot and just struck because that was mm. a, an insane game to cover. And um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I scared my kids when the Netherlands scored the free kick in the last second, the way they scored it, I went crazy. And my kids were like, my kids were like, you scared me. You scared me. I'm like, I'm... <laughs> that was a crazy moment too. But yeah, yeah. listen, uh, 
this is a good transition, maybe talking about Argentina, because one thing that was pressing on my mind, I want to talk to you about, and I, and I hate that this is the subject because we've talked about it so much as this idea of style again. Mm. And uh, I just wanted to bring some tension to the podcast now. Okay. Which is uh, a question. I'll start, I'll start from a question from a patron that came in. And uh, this is, this is, I just want to poke you a little bit because I, I, after we finished recording that Spain Morocco podcast, I was watching it again because I was putting, I wanted to put out a clip. It was a patron podcast, I think. So I was putting out a clip for YouTube. I wanted to put, I always put at least one free clip on YouTube from the patron podcast if I can. And the one I was, I put up was you were talking about like, you know, what Morocco is doing is nothing new Mm. and Mm. defensive football and all this. And, uh, and I came away thinking, because I, I went and watched it back again, too, because I was writing about it. And then there was the whole Rodri quote, which I think I didn't see until after, about Morocco. And I just have this hot take that I think Spain played defensive football that game, too. Mm-hmm. They were just passing it between their center backs. And that's just another form of defense. And it's yeah. a strike contrast to, like, if if let's say Brazil have the ball going against, it's not even, you can talk about the personnel, like Spain doesn't have the, the Vinicius or whatever. And, and in my opinion, they had Ansu Fati on the bench. They can't use that as an excuse because they had such mm. a player who could break the lines. They had him, mm. but mm. they, they weren't just, they just weren't incisive enough. And I just felt coming away from that podcast, feeling that we disrespected Morocco a little bit too much. Mm. Mm. So that's, but I just wanted to, this is a question from Adrian Rios. And it says, uh, can we give Diego a segment where he talks about the 39% possession that Argentina had and they've been thriving as a counterattacking team most of the tournament? The tiki-taka possession, loving Kule, Kule's, mm. plural, must be fuming. Mm. Um, Argentina, in my opinion, have gotten better every game this tournament. You and I kind of ruled them out after that first game against Saudi Arabia. We were just weren't impressed, even if they had won that game. Mm. Um, they've been really good, and it hasn't been that like d- offensive tsunami in no. not not all games anyway. That last no. game against Croatia, they played really well, but it was just a different style of football. Yeah. So, what do you have to say about this? <clears throat> well, uh, listen. I, what I have to say is that the success, you know, the road to success, and why even I would imagine a a coach like such an experienced coach as Louis van Gaal opted or has been opting for a more speculative, more, excuse me, speculative, speculative and reactive style of footballs, because I think, and I don't have the stats to prove that, but playing that style of football is, (laughs) you put yourself less at risk, right? You're less vulnerable. Um, so it's a clearer roadmap to success given the teams that, you know, play that style of football. I think in this World Cup so far, we really haven't seen much tiki-taka coming from any side. Even, you know, yesterday between France and Morocco, it was Morocco that had m- most of the possession, right? Uh, it was a French side that was also that we have been seeing under Didier Deschamps that uh, play more of a counter-attacking style of football. In Argentina, it's no different, really. Um, so, you know, what do I have to say? It, it's nothing other than um, it's not my preferred brand of football to watch. I don't think that, uh, you know, football philosophers will be talking about that style of football or the coaches that implement that for decades to come. Whereas, and this is an example I bring up so many times, you know, the 1974 Dutch side is remembered and hailed as one of the greatest team of all times, despite the fact that they lost or that we lost that World Cup final against Germany. Whereas that German side, you know, People will struggle to struggle to even uh, list five players from that team. Um, so you know, it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's more difficult. It's a tiki taka football, football total. Uh, call it what you want. Give it the brand that you want. Um, I think it's 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 harder. It is harder to win, especially uh, knockout tournaments 
with that style of football. I think league uh, campaigns, you know, are, are, are sort of, I don't want to say easy, more easily won. Yeah, I get uh, you. Yeah, yeah, I get but it. you get what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah. I think in, the, in, in games where it's a knockout round, where the tensions are high, where there's a lot of nerves at stake, uh, there's so many uh, factors that influence the game. If you opt for a more um, sit back approach and let, you know, give up the ball and, and, and basically try to capitalize on the errors of your opponent by, you know, dispossessing the ball and, and hitting, stunning your, your rivals on the counterattack. Yeah, I, I, I think that is a, a quote unquote an easier road to having success in this style in, or in this format or in these kind of tournaments. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I think it's also... um that high octane possession based football to play that way it a lot of stars need to align in your favor and i think it's mm. hard to pull off for a variety of reasons one is that you know i think if you're a city if you're a peps barca type of deal you have that much talent it's going to be really hard to escape that pressure and not just crumble but you have to have a lot of talent and the other thing is Teams are more organized defensively now than ever. I mean, like, they're just so smart to close spaces and to cut out that kind of danger. Mm. And the other thing is we have so many counterattacking weapons in football now. Mm. Like, so many. Like, I I can't say for sure, but I can say for, like, 95% certainty in the final on Sunday, France is going to play defense. Yeah, And I'm – and I – and, did like – Mbappe's run against Morocco, that one, would you see where he just puts the ball forward and he go, it's almost like watching a blur. Like, it's like, mm. how did he get to that? It's just, mm. Sh- mm. I don't want to defend against that against Argentina. Now, it will be interesting because Argentina have been arguably the best def- defense in the tournament. At the very worst, worst top two or three, but I think the best, Morocco being the other one. Morocco, yeah. But um, they've been so good defensively and they like to make this kind of cagey i think that suits their style and i'm just kind of fascinated (laughs) how that's going to play out you know um yeah it's going to be really super interesting it'll be it'll be two teams that would rather not have the ball Mm -hmm. and we'll try to punish each other on on you know the mistakes and and the ability to dispossess of course uh each other and then uh do what they do best and 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 play the running game. I think it's uh, I don't know who do you think are favorites leading into this tournament. I mean, I guess you have to say France just for the fact that they're defending champions. They're they've been here before. Even somebody as young as Mbappe, I think he's what is he twenty three. He's already got a World Cup title under his belt. So um, of course Argentina have been uh, in this position as well before. I think it's two in the last three now. Um, so two, two time finalists in the last three tournaments. Um, and, but, but I feel that the, the pressure of having to win, you know, that I don't think you can call that a competitive advantage to a team that really is there happy to be there and 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 don't feel necessarily that immense pressure from an entire nation to uh bring home the world cup also just purely based and let's leave 
Yeah, exactly. France. And, yeah. and, and just, just let's leave the Messi factor aside. You know, Argentina haven't won it since, uh, little Diego, uh, brought it home for them, of course. So, I mean, that alone, you know, the weight has been eternal for them. And, uh, and then add to that, of course, the must win situation for Leo Messi as, as he, uh, you know, partakes in his final uh, game in, in, in the World Cup. I mean, it's, it's the pressure. Oof. We'll see how how the team will perform, but but I I can I kind of fan, fancy France being the favorites and probably also winning it. I, th- I think so. I think the scale tips in their favor. If I had a gun to my head, I'd pick France, but mm. I wouldn't feel good about it because I wouldn't bet against Messi in in the way he's playing right now. Mm. And I but I I agree with the pressure part, and I think it's definitely debatable who has the best player on the field. I, mm. It could be Mbappe. It could be Messi. Mm. Um, Can I just commend you? Sorry if I'm interrupting a thought. Mm. No. I really enjoyed your clip, your TikTok. Oh, thank you. Or <laughs> I don't know where. I, no, I saw it on a YouTube Instagram. short. Oh, YouTube shorts. Mm. Yes. Uh, which is really cool to see you, by the way, like in those shorts always. Because it's a, usually it's like, it's like, you know, famous people. And I don't know who I have <laughs> And then it's like Keon. Who's is this guy there. coming across my feed? <laughs> oh, but it's cool. It's a great thing. It's a, I really like it. You you're, you do a great job at it. But um, yeah, the the you know I feel and 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 I guess that your your video your clip confirmed that that you know Madridistas are losing their shit right now or or you know Cristiano fanboys are in turmoil and uh, despair over. Messi being at the brink of winning his first World Cup, and and I really felt it was appropriate, um, yeah, for you. Or, or for, I mean, the the fact that you did it obviously was a plus because you're my buddy and and, and sparring partner on this podcast. But to hear that come from you, I thought was did you a lot of good, and and I give you credit for it. Well, I think, and I I don't know whether to call them Maridistas or just Cristiano Ronaldo fanatics. I mean, mm. there's a portion of Cristiano Ronaldo cult members who it's not enough. And this Messi has its own brigade too. But oh, absolutely. It's, it's not enough for Ronaldo to have a good game. They can't stand Messi doing anything good. Mm. And, um, <clears throat> and it just, it kind of, I mentioned this yesterday on the, we did a post-game show for the France-Morocco game. And just at the end of the podcast, I mentioned this, like it's so hard, even as a neutral fan, <clears throat> to just enjoy anything these days. Because instead of talking about some great things that happened, it's just like people are having pain body attacks. You know, like it's, it's, it. And this is, there's a lot of good in social media. Sometimes I just wish there was no social media for this reason. Because mm. if this was mm. like the year, um, you know, I don't know, this is like in the late 90s or something. I would be ignorant to that. This I was like, this stuff doesn't exist in the world. No, it doesn't exist. It's just me and my friends from high school, like enjoying football, you know? Mm-hmm. And sometimes I just, I wish didn't know about this world of just crazy people who are so in so much pain that somebody that mm-hmm. they dislike is good at football. Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's, just, it's a crazy concept to me. Like it's just, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me, I guess. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's why I, I really was annoyed by it that night. So I, I made a video about it because it was just super annoying. This was out of control. I included Madridistas and, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The reason I, I included them right about the discourse being out of control um, is because, you know, prominent Real Madrid journalists, I say prominent, uh, like Tomas Roncero, but also in Marca, um, yeah. Edu Aguirre, of course, as well. Yeah. Uh, there were articles being put out on how literally, you know, they do not want Messi to win this World Cup. So it's, it's, um, there's yeah, a clip I, of, uh, Jose Luis Sanchez floating around. I don't know if you saw that. No. During the game. And like, all right. When I, when Messi's doing his thing against Guardiola, he's just shaking his head and like basically swearing, swearing and <laughs> it's funny. Can't take it. Yeah, I mean, look, dude, it's it's Messi's playing inspired football right now, and and although, like I said, I would have wanted, of course, Holland to have a, a run at the World Cup title. The fact that Messi is now uh, 
at the brink of, of winning it. Uh, I do hope that he gets it. Of course, I hope that he gets it. And even more so when we see him, you know, play this kind of football where he himself can just, um, you know, generate something out of nothing. And, and, and it starts from, you know, pretty much the halfway line, um, taking, uh, Guardio. That's how we're pronouncing that right. Uh, for a run and then giving him the little shimmy shake and bake. And uh, setting up Julian Alvarez for a goal. And, and I loved as well the reaction from the Argentinian players. I mean, you know, them just, uh, yeah, paying homage and, and sort of holding the hands to their head going, you know, what, what, what are we just witnessing? What did we just see? And you can only describe it as Maradona-esque, right? It's, it's, and, and uh, the, the only thing for me, at least, that separates Maradona from Messi is that, <laughs> And I was almost going to say this kid because he still feels so young to me. But, you know, this this player has been doing it consistently for 17 years, whereas uh, Maradona from, you know, the legends that we heard and see and read. And, and luckily for me, for a very brief period, got to see myself, although it was, you know, pretty much his, his demise in uh, 1990, 1994. Um you know, we would see that sporadically coming from him. And that for me is, is of course, the big difference and the separating factor for why I put Messi above Diego Maradona and anybody else for that matter. Well, I I wish, I really, really wish we saw a version of Maradona that really, really cared to take care of himself. Right, yeah. Because he was so fucking good. Mm. So, he was such a monster. Like, he was so, like... The numbers at Napoli, what he did in the World Cup, mm. it, like I don't know if you saw this, but uh, one of these stats websites, I don't know if it was Opta or someone else, put out a list of most fouled players in a World Cup oh. ever or something. Did you see that? No. Messi's was like at sixty something mm. for this World Cup or something. Okay. The, and that was the second most ever. Guess who was number one? <laughs> Maradona. Well, I, Maradona, obviously, yeah. The number was 152. I, I was either 125 or 152. <laughs> either way, it's insane. Like, it's that's insane. more and, and than those double. Are, and those are called fouls, you know. In those days, in right. the 80s, they didn't call half of it. So Yeah. So yeah, imagine yeah, just how good you have to be that literally yeah, people well, just have to break you in half. To... Yeah, yeah. So I wish we saw that version of Maradona. So, but, so this is interesting. I mean... Uh, goat debates are boring and that's what it was it was like you know that that night everyone's like oh well it's settled it's settled now <laughs> um this is the first time in many years that he's put to bed some of these mm. issues of stepping up when it matters because he's been mm. stepping up all world cup when his team needed him um i mm. just would say i'm super super worried about the state of social media if god forbid he misses a penalty in the final or misses an open net or something like that. It's going to come back like a boomerang. Yeah. They're yeah. coming. Everybody's coming with their guns. Yeah, it, of course. They'll they'll be vicious and, and it's to be expected. They'll have their, uh, their moment to, you know, in their minds and in their view, at least to continue to prolong this uh, goat debate discussion. I mean, uh, you can call me biased. Uh, there, I have no problem with that. I mean, I clearly am. You know, for me, there is no discussion. Uh, you and I, we've discussed it. I don't know if your opinion has changed or swayed at all. Um, where you put him, and I'd be interesting to hear that. But, uh, you know, for me, whether he wins or loses, this tournament has been Messi's tournament. He has led this Argentina side, uh, in my view, at least, you know, he carried it by himself. You talked about him, you know, showing up in, in the big moments, scoring the penalties, providing the assists. Um, he's been doing it all. And, um, you know, he's breaking records as well. I mean, he, he's now taken over Lothar Mateos, uh, as the player with the most World Cup games under his belt. He's now become also Argentina's, Argentina's top goal scorer, uh, surpassing Diego Maradona and Gabriel Batistuta. It's, you know, it, 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 it's a fun discussion and I'm happy to engage in a debate. But for me, whether he wins or loses, it will not, you know, sway my opinion uh, of him as, as the greatest of all time. 
My stance has, is pretty much the same as it was. And I've always said that I really want to wait till they both retire. I mean, we can kind of harsh, but we can almost say that Ronaldo's basically retired now. Cause I don't, yeah. I don't think like he's just going to come back and win a champions league and be the, the key guy anymore. He's just, mm. um, but I, my stance is kind of the same. Um, and I, and I do personally believe it's between these two. I don't agree with people who will put other players above above Ronaldo as the number two or one. Like putting, I, I think it's you look at the numbers and the trophies <clears throat> and what they've done. It has to come down to these two. It has to. And I also just do feel that there is a bit of recency bias with this a little bit because Ronaldo sure. is a couple years older. Mm. And he's out of the tournament. And obviously this year has been absolutely terrible for him. Uh, and Messi is just having the the tournament of his life. But I, this is why I want to season. Like, and he's doing great with PSG. He's, he's having an amazing year. Long. And this is why I always said, like, we got to wait till some, sometimes we just got to wait till these guys retire to have these definitive conversations about it. Cause you know, this is something that Messi has added to his legacy for sure. And um, by that same token, Modric too, like Modric four years hey, ago, I thought this respect. was his la- that was his last rodeo, man. And then four mm-hmm. years later, we're having another conversation about him. I thought he was there's only so much he could have done, and he did what he could in that in that semifinal as well. The fact that they even got to the semifinal blew yeah. my mind, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Impossible um, not to tip your hat off and and like a player and a person like uh, like Luka Modric. Nothing but respect. Um, Is uh, Cristiano gonna gonna sign for Madrid? No, <laughs> he won't. I mean, why? Because of the training thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. From what I know, he was just there because he was in Madrid because he has a house there. Mm. And um, he has good relationships with the club. He wants to stay in shape and he's training there. That was it. How does that make you feel seeing him wear uh, the training kit, but the, the, the you know, wear, supporting the, the badge once again? I mean, it definitely invoke some feelings and nostalgia i mean him in that shirt was just iconic like like so much success was happened with that image so Mm. yeah it's impossible not to feel something but certainly i think the the ship has sailed Mm -hmm. uh, yeah hey you guys got well, I, I, wanna, I was going to say bigger and better things to look forward to, but maybe that, that it's definitely speaking ahead of time. But uh, Endrik signing, I don't yeah. know the official numbers. Not sure if it's 35 plus 25. 25 Initially, plus, it was 35 plus 25. Yeah. Okay. So the 72 million is, is, is off the table. Uh, it's off that the was, table, yeah. That was, that was, uh, that quite... was also confirmed to me by his, uh, his agent. Uh, okay. But it, it, that it is also the figure. I mean, they still have to pay it, so it's not like we do, we pretend it doesn't exist. But there was twelve million in taxes on top of that. Mm. Um, that that kind of made it a little bit conflated, but it's a it's a lot still. But it's not like at the crazy number we we initially, initially. thought it was. And the train of thinking is like, well, if you wait for another two three years, PSG will just come in and there's more mm. competition and he'll be more expensive and yeah. Real Madrid yeah. can't compete with some of these big guns anymore like they mm. used to. Yeah. So With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The, uh, it, it does seem like Papa Flo really has some PTSD of, uh, Missing out on Dino and Neymar in the day. I mean, he's he's been on a fuck, like a, a just a ruthless mission in signing all the Brazilian young talents. Well, Dino was completely his fault. 
for missing out on. And then Neymar, he just, <laughs> with all due respect, there was some shady shit going on with Barca at that time. Hey, it, it, it's all cleared so, now, though. The case, yeah, Neymar, well, the, the case has now been been closed. This is the second case, mind you. So we got to give we got to give validity to that. Yeah, I mean, and ever since missing out on Neymar, he basically had his head scout just go to Brazil and get all of them, <laughs> swoop them get up them in all. the net. And if they if they're if they're great, then great. And if they they're not great, then we deal with it later. Just get get them all. Let's see. Get them in. So yeah. so wh- where does this uh, leave you? Because I know obviously after Mbappe, the whole saga, the the, the no show. A lot of hopes were set that in a few years' time, Haaland would uh, arrive and, and uh, settle in into the uh, the white capital. But that kind of now with the signing of Enrique, I, w- I would imagine that, that that puts a dent into that hope. No, the way it was explained to me by someone uh, a very close source to the situation was mm. that it, it'll come it'll come down to how good Endrick is. Mm. Basically, they told him if, like they didn't tell him, that like he didn't come because <clears throat> Real Madrid don't have Holland or they're not going to sign him. But basically, they said, if you turn out to be as good as like Vinicius, like we don't need to sign a left winger now because Vinicius is amazing. If you turn out to be that good, we don't need to sign a striker. And, mm. but we'll we'll probably sign a backup to, you know, because you can't play every game. Mm. And that's the way it was explained to me. And I don't know. Like, I, I, it's really hard to say what's going to happen in two years also because let's say in two years, <coughs> Benzema's like kind of like a Dzeko or a, or a late career Ibrahimovic. That's a really good backup striker to have, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so he may, maybe he sticks around for a couple more years in a lesser role and he's your mm-hmm. backup. So mm. that could work. Or maybe Rodrigo's really good as false nine. That could work. That's your backup right there. Also, I hate I hate bringing this up because this has been, they've been talking about it nonstop for the past week. But this Mbappe-Real Madrid thing is going to come back. This yeah. whole, it's, that's another boomerang that's going to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether, yeah. It, it, it's funny because, you know, when when he rejected us in the summertime, everyone was like, fuck that guy. <laughs> Now the way he's playing now, it's like they're 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 pretending that never that never happened. That some of they're just turning 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 their head this way. What Mbappe did? What oh, I don't something happened this summer. Like they just they just completely have forgotten about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I remember you and I sort of discussed that as well, and uh, I don't remember your exact. Uh, feelings or, or or quotes on the day but we, we did sort of you know agreed that if he does end up coming after a few goals everything will be long forgotten and for forgiven for that matter everything um, in any situation i think is forgiven once yeah. you're that good i think yeah um i just want to i'm annoyed a note about mbappe as on a footballing level mm-hmm. i obviously he's a he's a different kind of profile to like Messi and Ronaldo. He's not the same kind of player or Holland for that matter, or some of these great players we've seen. I don't know if I've seen anything quite like him, maybe <laughs> since the Ronaldo Nazario days at his peak before his injury, mm-hmm. the burst of speed and the agility, the, the way he turns, it's like a mutant. It's like watching a mutant navigate a football. I've just, so quick, so agile. Yeah. The agility is what blows my mind often. The change of pace, all that change stuff of is, pace is yeah. mind blowing. Special, special player. Um, yeah, I don't know how it unfolds to be honest, but I, I won't rule it out. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because uh, I mean, he did a bit of a Cristiano himself, of course, um, not as public and not as disrespectful towards his manager. But, you know, it seems that we have forgotten all of the room or, or the um, reports where he wanted out. I mean, he said, I want to be gone. Like, uh, I don't want to play for PSG. I want out of my contract. I want to move on. And well, he uh, says promises were not kept and that right. PSG have breached the contracts and Basically, he didn't have the freedom that he thought he would, the power that he thought he would. They mm-hmm. they promised him signings they never signed. They promised him this coach, that guy, this guy, and they never kept their promises, is what he's saying. 
from what I understand and read anyway. I'm- yeah, yeah. No, I, it, but it'll be interesting to see, of course, how that will unfold uh, in the golden cage that is QSG where players come in, but they don't leave unless uh, Al-Khalifi wants them to leave. So, no. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right Did boy. we miss anything from all this time we missed? I don't think covered, so. Um, covered some good ground. We covered, uh, yeah, I think I think we did. I think we did. I know there's a lot of uh, critical culés uh, looking uh, with envy at this uh, now official signing of uh, Enrique for, for Real Madrid. For those perhaps quote-unquote jealous culés, keep an eye or take a look at a player called Lamin Yamal. He is uh, 16 years of age. He's breaking into the under 19s A squad, has already partaken in the uh, youth uh, champions, or what is it called? The youth league? Youth Champions League? I forget. Yeah, UEFA uh, Youth League. UEFA Youth League, thank you. Um, What's yeah, his name? he's Lamin Yamal. Lamin Yamal. Yes. He is a, a very, very interesting prospect. Like I said, now playing with uh, the under 19 team. And uh, Rafa Marquez has also sort of introduced him into the Barça Athletic team. Um, so little by little, we're going to, I'm sure, or hopefully at least, see more and more from uh, this very young and, and what is a very talented and exciting player. So, um, yeah, we have, we've we got some good things in-house. And uh, The answer to Endrick. The answer, the answer. All right. We'll see. Got it. All right, man. This was fun. Good catch-up session. Uh, our next episode will be over on patreon.com slash churros y tacticas. That's where the raw stuff happens. So, and that'll be after yes. the world cup final at some point. So, uh, yes. And then to preview the second half of the season, I'm imagining because La Liga starts this month again. That's it. it two weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. All right, bro. Good chat. Yep. You too, buddy. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay. Round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.